0: gifted person for example if he sits down with a piece of paper and a pencil and begins to sketch he comes up with things that I could only wish to draw or if he takes a brush and a palette and a canvas I've seen the results of that makes me frankly a little bit envious or if he sits down on the front porch and and pulls out a knife and a block of wood and he begins to whittle to carve, it's remarkable what ends up coming out of that. thought of what Michelangelo said, where Michelangelo said, referring to his his masterpieces, he says, the the image is already there in the block of marble. I just chisel away all the superfluous material. (laughs) I kind of wonder if John doesn't do that with a knife and a piece of wood. In fact, I told you recently about the airplane my father flew as a mission pilot. A Cessna 172 with a STOL kit added, S-T-O-L, short takeoff and landing. It made it ideal for mountain airstrips. So John took and chiseled and put together a plane that exactly resembled Dad's plane. Painted it. In fact, I want to show you a couple of pictures of it when he finished it. And I wish I had some pictures to show you of this sitting right next to the plane because that's exactly the plane. Just with a block of wood, propeller even spins around. He's gifted, talented. And so are many of you. Gifts and talents that God created you with, innate to who you are. It can be a wide range of realities what talents you have. Might be in music, we've certainly heard that evidenced here today. Might be in science or medicine and teaching. In humor. How does Doug Mace get so funny? I just sit there and listen and think, I wish I could be that funny, but, but it's not possible. So, so Doug is so funny. Or this morning, I told Pastor Adrian when he was singing as we were praying, I thought, Lord, please forgive me that I'm envying that voice. <laughs> <laughs> different talents, different gifts. The reality is, you have special abilities that God has given you. And that's the focus of this series. The focus of our series is on spiritual gifts. I have to give some context for the series because this academic year we're working our way through a process of equipping all of us to do ministry in the name of Christ. And so last fall we had a series entitled Unprofessional. Some of you may remember that. We looked at what the New Testament had to say about the people of God, what we have often called the lay people. The laos of God is all the people of God, pastors and members alike. We are all ministers. Ministry is a verb, something that we do. We are all priests in somebody's life. So that series dealt with who we are, our identity in Christ. Now, the natural question to grow out of that is, okay, well, if I'm a minister, I'm supposed to minister in his name, how do I do that? That's the focus of this series, Gifted, because the how of how you do it is by your spiritual giftedness. So we go this morning to 1 Corinthians 12, one of the three most full passages in the New Testament, most focused passages in the New Testament when it comes to the issue of spiritual giftedness. Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12. Today we go to 1 Corinthians 12. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is apparently responding to questions that the Corinthian believers have asked him. Asked him about gifts. He will spend this chapter on gifts and on the unity and diversity in the church because of the gifts. But he starts the chapter off by saying, I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about these gifts. And then he immediately goes on to say, there are many gifts but one source. And that source is the Holy Spirit. And then he comes to today's text. We're going to parachute into the passage and land on one verse, and we're not going to move from that one verse. This is the key verse in the entire passage when it comes to this reality of spiritual giftedness. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, here's what it says. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I suppose a very obvious question to ask is, are talents, innate talents and abilities, and spiritual gifts that God gives, are they one and the same? Or are they different? And if so, how are they different? Why are spiritual gifts given to me? What is my spiritual gift? Are spiritual gifts simply talents that have been baptized, dressed up, and now are in church? How do those two relate to each other? In fact, the writer Malcolm Gladwell talks about developing our talents, our abilities. Gladwell has what he calls the 10,000-hour rule. He says, if you have a talent, if you have an ability, and you practice that, you develop it, and you spend 10,000 hours doing that, by the end of that 10,000 hours, you'll be an expert. Whatever that is. And he gives a great deal of evidence to to indicate that that's the case, whether it be in music, in sports, in science, whatever the case might be. 10,000 hours. Now, my wife tells me, I, I don't know... For sure about that she says because I'm not sure that practice makes perfect I think practice makes permanent because if you're doing something wrong if you're playing the violin wrong or the cello wrong or if you're shooting the basketball wrong just a whole lot more practice isn't going to correct that so I think practice makes permanent well, I'll let Anita and Malcolm Gladwell sort that out but it does seem to me that there is something about spending that kind of time developing an ability If you spend that much time, you must get good at it or at least better at it. The question is, does that apply to spiritual gifts? Can I just look at what the spiritual gifts are in the Bible and then just start doing that a lot and doing it and doing it, do 10,000 hours of it, and at the end of it, I'm a spiritually gifted person? Take, let's say, for example, the gift of mercy, which is one of the spiritual gifts the New Testament identifies. If I just start acting merciful and I just practice acting merciful and just constantly being kind and merciful to others, at the end of 10,000 hours of doing that, will I have a finely honed, well-developed heart filled with a gift of mercy? Not according to Scripture. Because Scripture says... The spiritual gifts, while they may organically grow and be related to our talents, are gifts of God. I like this quote from two New Testament scholars who say, spiritual gifts do not contradict what God has bestowed in the natural order, that is our talents, and they may even build on these natural gifts, on those talents, but... They must not be confused with them. In other words, there is a difference, though they can be closely, ideally related. So, how are they different, and why does it matter? Our text today will help us answer that question. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, I want to suggest to you, makes three points that will help us understand that more fully and more clearly. Point number one, talents are distributed unequally, but spiritual gifts are given to all. Talents are distributed unequally, but spiritual gifts are given to all. So I want to go back and read verse 7, and I want to ask you to pay attention to two words, the words each one, those two words. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, now to each one, The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Each one. Talents are distributed unequally, but spiritual gifts are given to all, to each one. Every single one receives one. Now, the fact that talents are distributed unequally can cause problems in human beings and in human relationships. Have you noticed that? Have you watched a very gifted person do something and found yourself thinking inside, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish that was me. Years ago, I was down at Drayson Center playing basketball, and something happened on a rebound, and the guy on my team said to me, jump. I said, I am jumping. He said, oh, I didn't see any light between your foot and the floor. And then I go and watch LeBron James come down with a mighty thunder dunk, and I think, oh. Wish I could do that. The unequal distribution of talent can lead to problems. Problems like envy and resentment and jealousy. You hear someone sing, you watch someone draw or paint. You think, know, ah, oh, wish I could do that. 1984. Hollywood made a movie that was a very good movie. Some of you will remember it. I wasn't born yet, but I've read about it. It was a very good movie, 1984. The name of the movie was Amadeus. Now, I don't just say it was a very good movie because I happen to like it. It was a good movie. In fact, did you realize that Amadeus was nominated, are you ready for this? For 53 awards. It won 40 awards, including eight Academy Awards, including being one of the rare movies that had two of its actors up for the Best Actor Academy Award from the same movie. It was a good movie. Now, I'm not going to spoil it for you if some of you are going to watch it and haven't seen it, but I will tell you this. It is the fictionalized story of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. It is told through the eyes and the heart and the experience of Antonio Salieri. They are both composers. Mozart composes amazing music. Salieri, who has dignity and class and is part of the court system, he wants to compose that level of quality of music. And in the movie, Mozart is portrayed as a brat, braggadocio, vulgar, uncouth. And as Salieri watches this, he sees this vulgar person and then he hears the sublime music that he composes. He begins to seethe with bitterness and jealousy envy. How could God place that kind of talent in an uncouth youth? Talent is distributed unequally, but spiritual gifts are given to all. Maybe some of you feel It's been unequal in your case as far as the talent. I think of the pianist, the pianist Victor Borgia, who was one time asked, do you play any other musical instruments? He said, yes, I do. I have another piano at home. (laughs) (laughs) You feel kind of like that. Oh, I've got one and that's all I've got. There's a temptation if we stay at the sheer level of talent to become jealous and envious of that. But if we allow God to move us into the giftedness of the Spirit, there is the comfort of the Spirit where God, in essence, says, Relax. I haven't overlooked you. You have your place to play in the body of Christ, which no one else can uniquely fulfill in the same way you can. Every believer is given a gift. Uh, One more New Testament commentary quote. I like this one. It says, no Christian, no matter what he or she is, can ever say, God passed me by when he was handing out his gifts. This does not mean that everyone has recognized his or her gift, but it is there and ready to be used. Nor does it mean that we are limited to only one gift, for some may have received several gifts. I love the last sentence. No one has received all the gifts, and no one has been bypassed. Talent is distributed unequally, but spiritual gifts are given to all. That's point number one. But we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 for point number two. Point number two is this. Talent is often about performance. It can be about performance. Spiritual gifts are always about service. Talent can be about performance, but spiritual gifts are always about service. So we're going to read the verse again. This time I want you to pay attention to four words. Four words. Verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, another way we could say it is talents can be about me. Spiritual gifts are about us. They're for service. They're for the common good. They're for the building up of the body of Christ. It struck me recently that I think our world is obsessed with talent. Finding it, identifying it, watching it, celebrating it. I, thought, I came to that thought because of this. There was an idea birthed in Britain, sired by Simon Cowell, called the Got Talent television shows. You've seen them. Britain's Got Talent, America's Got Talent, whoever has Got Talent. I'm a sucker for those shows. I love the experience of seeing somebody who walks out here, and they're a diamond in the rough. Maybe, a, as he said it, a mobile car salesman. And you think, this guy, no, he, he, he doesn't have anything. And then he opens his mouth, and you think it's Pavarotti. Unbelievable. And when he sings and when he finishes, the the audience goes crazy, shouting and whistling and clapping and weeping. The judges stand. It's a magnificent experience. Do you know that there are some 60-plus got-talent TV shows around the world now? All over the world. You can go to many countries, and there they've got it, looking for talent. It's fun. I enjoy it. But I'll tell you this. It is about performance. It's about having somebody on a stage. Wow, everybody out there, especially those judges that are sitting right there. How did I do? How did I perform? Do I have talent? Talent can be about performance. Spiritual gifts are always about service for the common good, says Paul. We saw a video earlier in our service. Beautiful video. I was drawn into it. Sean Sable arrives on our campus. He's here, obviously, to study, but there's something else, a subtext going on here looking for connection, looking for community, looking for God. Three of our young adults, one of whom I know really well, another one of whom is sitting right there, Kelly and Austin and Olivia, put to work the spiritual gift of hospitality. Hospitality reaching out and drawing Sean in. And in the process, somebody who was outside of Loma Linda got drawn in and treated just like an insider, became a part of the community, experienced that deep connection, experienced God, and continues to do so. That's for the common good. Friends, do you realize that every single week, people walk onto our church campus, walk into our worship spaces, exactly in the space that Sean was in. Every week, somebody is looking for community, looking for connection, looking for God. They're not here for a performance. That's fine and it inspires for a little while. But then they walk out the door and they need something more. The Spirit has placed within this body of Christ the gifts needed to respond to that need. To reach out just like our three precious young adults did with Sean. To draw him in, to reach out and to draw in so many others. How may I serve you? How may I make you feel at home? Can I share God with you? That's spiritual gifting. It has gotten woven into the DNA of the fabric of our hearts and souls by the Spirit of God so that it changes us. Yes, it can build on the talents that we have, but there's something much deeper than mere talent that is involved. Point number three. Back to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Point number three talents can bypass character. Talents can bypass character, but spiritual gifts are expressions of character. So we're going to read again our verse today. I want you to notice two words. This time, the two words are is given. Verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, it's a gift. It doesn't originate in you. It may build upon innate talents, but it deepens and changes and transforms you in such a way that it affects your character, who you are as a person, you are no longer trying to call attention just to me. Look at my talent. Look at what I can do. Look how I shine. No. There's a recognition. This is a gift. It doesn't belong to me. It's been given to me for the good of everyone else. I still remember, and I have often thought of this over the years, my Christian ministry class in college. Our professor was Dr. Rob Shepherd. I loved Dr. Shepherd. We all loved him at that time. There was an air of uh, uh, an ethos of authenticity that was compelling to us. I still remember the day he told us in class. I've prayed to remember this. It's been feeble and flawed, but it has continued all these years to echo in my mind. He said there will come days when people will say to you something kind, something nice, something encouraging, they mean it well. It's a great sermon, Pastor. Good job. You did great, etc. He said, I don't know what it is that you need to say out here, but I'll tell you what it is you need to say in here. Every time you hear that, you need to say, Jesus, that's yours. Jesus, that's yours. That belongs to you. Because I don't know what they know, but you and I know that wasn't me. That does not belong to me. That's yours. Because the text says it's given. That means I didn't generate it. I didn't create it. I don't really even own it. It's given by the Spirit of God to you and to me. We've all lived life long enough to realize that there are too many people on this globe we call home who are eminently talented who are not nice people not good people talent can bypass character some of our pastors and our whole staff really has been talking about it, have been listening of late to a podcast put out by Christianity Today called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. It's the story of a church up in Seattle. A church that was an amazing church, exploded with growth. So many people found Jesus there. It was kind of an in-your-face church, an in-your-face preacher, but people's lives were transformed and changed. But the leader of the team, well, God and he will have to work it out but it wasn't good. And by the time he left, the knife of his talent had sliced into the lives of so many members that they were hemorrhaging spiritually, destroyed and devastated. As we've gone through this podcast, one of the questions that has echoed over and over again has been this one, and so it has been echoing in my own mind. What happens When talent outpaces character. What happens when you have talent up to here and character down to there? Well, you know what happens? Damaging things. Deadly things. Sometimes diabolical things. I'm not down on talent, please. But I do know talent can bypass character. However... Spiritual gifts are expressions of character because God has been working within each one of us to transform us. Jesus tells a parable in Matthew 25. Tells a parable about a master who gives talents, five to one, two to another, one to the other. And the understanding is, I want you to do something with these talents while I'm gone on my trip. What you do with them will decide whether or not you're ready for my return. You remember the parable? comes back. The first two have invested. They have thrown themselves fully into the task that the master left them. No doubt it has changed and transformed them in the process. He comes to the third one. Nothing. Nothing has happened. Nothing has changed. Nothing has been developed. And when the master asks him why, he gives the answer in three words. Three words. I was afraid. I was afraid. What does that tell you? It says his life was governed by his emotions. It was governed by his fear. He was a prisoner to fear. There hadn't been enough character growth to be able to face what it was that stood in the way of him doing what the master had asked him to do. As God weaves his spiritual giftedness into every heart, into every life here, he's not just placing a talent in your life and heart. He is changing you. He is changing me. Because while talents can bypass character, not spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts are expressions of character. And so the bottom line, truth, is very simple. You, each one of you, you have a gift, a special ability given to you by God that you are called to use in this body as we grow toward maturity in Christ. That's true of every single disciple here. And by the way, it's not only for use in this body, it's for use out there wherever you go in the world. So the question is, okay, well then, what is my gift? What's my gift mix? This is just the first step. We'll get there. But for now, would you commit yourself to praying this week, God, open me up. Give me discernment. Give me wisdom to see what you have given me. And then, God, by your grace... Give me the courage to do it. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for your generosity at distributing gifts to your people. Give us discernment to see and courage to act. In the name of Jesus, amen.